0: Matthew chapter 9, verses 14-26 Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. And no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch tears away from the garment and a worse tear is made neither is new wine put into old wineskins if it is the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed but new wine is put into fresh wineskins and so both are preserved while he was saying these things to them behold a ruler came in and knelt before him saying my daughter has just died but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But but when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand and the girl arose. And the report of this went, through all that district. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Joined by the tally, Coughlin. And uh, we're continuing on through Matthew 9 uh, with this this just elusive Jesus uh, who is going all throughout uh, these different regions uh, wreaking havoc <laughs> and also healing and uh, bringing hope and restoration. You know, an interesting thing about the juxtaposition that Matthew is doing—that you know—we we should have on the forefront of our minds as we jump into this—is the people who should be like on the forefront of recognizing the Messiah are totally missing yeah. him. Yeah, or or they're like unsure. You know, we have the disciples of John, John who's the voice in the wilderness preparing right. the way of the Lord, John who's the front runner. His disciples are like, you know, kind of like cross-armed, like, well, how come you guys don't fast? And like, yep. I have to fast, yep. you know? Yep. And uh, same with the scribes and Pharisees. But then it's like, you have this ruler, you have this like down and out sick woman. Yeah. Um, And these are the people who are recognizing Messiah. It, it, it's so simple that the wise are missing it. Mm-hmm. So Tali, what, what are your thoughts on what's happening in this passage. Today.
1: I like how you just pointed to at the very beginning here how John's disciples were kind of like, wait a minute. Yeah. How come? That's not fair. That's not right. But I think I think it was so John's disciples were right to emulate John, right? Mm-hmm. John's mission was to prepare the way. And in doing so, the emphasis was on repentance and obeying God and turning from hypocrisy and living a life of righteousness true righteousness so it's right that they um modeled him and understandable that they would be confused why Jesus's disciples were not following the same pathway but the way the way had been prepared mm. John had fulfilled what he had come to do the way had been prepared for Jesus and because Jesus was there that strict adherence no longer was required. Jesus mm-hmm. was making a new way, making all things new, and so I think it's just interesting, and and it's it's good that they came and asked Jesus directly instead of slandering and gossiping and you know dissenting. I I inst- I think we can read this multiple ways. We can look at this as them being like, wow wah, wah, I don't like it. This yeah. isn't fair," which is how I read it mostly. Yeah, yeah. But then also when I'm having a more like sober minded, like reflective way, that like they're coming to Jesus saying. Hey, we don't understand, yeah. help us understand. It's
0: more charitable than me, I like that. I mean, <laughs>
1: you can land there eventually, I, like I think. I think we all land there eventually yeah. when we remember Jesus's character. And then when we, we see like they did the right thing, when you're confused, go ask your heavenly father who wants to give you all wisdom. Mm. And so, and he does, and Jesus explains to them. Um, but I also love, I love this about Jesus and his parables. He uses things that they like can see all around them, very normal things. Now, the reason parables are tricky for us is because we don't have wineskins hanging around our house, right? Speak for yourself. We don't, well, hey, no judging <laughs> yeah. or no thought. You know, if you have wineskins that you it's have to repair, <laughs> it makes all it taste fresher. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but like we don't, We when a garment tears, we often throw it away yep. because we have abundance. But for yep. them, when a garment tore, that was their only garment for a lot of these people. So obviously they would go to try to repair it. Yeah, And so these are very real life, tangible things that they know well. Mm-hmm. So him giving these examples makes sense mm-hmm. to us. It's a little bit more of a stretch mm-hmm. of like, okay, yeah, wine skin. Let me put myself in that place. But, um, and we can, there's modern, you know, ways we can apply that. To things that we touch and see all the time, but yeah, I find I love how he does that. He's not talking to them in things that are so profound. I mean, they are profound, but so outside of the realm of ordinary mm-hmm. that they can't understand what he's saying.
0: Yeah, you know, my uh, we live in a condo uh, right around the corner from here, and uh, one of the things that our HOA is doing next year is they're repaving like the entire driveway, parking lot, like road thing on our property because. You know, it's, it's pretty old um, and it's not in, like the worst shape ever. But like, you know, these potholes have have slowly developed in some parts and what they've been doing is just like, you know, a couple of our residents have just been like patching it with mm-hmm. like just yeah. go to Home Depot and buy some concrete and like patch it mm. and DIY it. But that does not work, you know, and so like these potholes have gotten bigger and bigger because they're trying to put new asphalt in with the old asphalt yes,
1: that works great it, we know for a fact yeah it works great <laughs> and so
0: like it never connects truly you know and then like right. the piece of new asphalt just gets broken up and becomes like gravel that then you like track into your house and whatever um because you just need new asphalt yeah. and so uh, yeah it's like there, there are the kind of these like modern equivalents um and then you know residents have to pay for the new asphalt uh-huh. and then, <laughs> but uh so uh, I love that though. What Jesus is basically saying is like the old ways don't work. Yeah. Like yeah. Th- this is a new thing that I'm doing. Yeah. Which is you know that that is like what the prophets foretold. Right. Is like the God is going to come and do a new thing. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, I'm doing the new thing. I'm bringing new wine. Right. And uh, and you know I think like that that is so you know, our our brains have to be filled with like the different parts of scripture and go straight to John. What's Jesus's first miracle that he ever performs? Mm. Um, it's new wine at a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And then what do we have here? The bridegroom, uh, bringing new wine, Yeah, you know, profound.
1: I love how, like with the old and the new, I just had this thought, it's kind of like the old, the law, the old way is like the acorn, And the new has come, the tree has burst forth and now the oak is Mm. there.
0: Yeah. The acorn
1: still is there in DNA and structure in and importance and origin, but like it's changed. It's new. It's it's seen differently. It's value, it's impact, it's power. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that's just a random. The great purpose is fulfilled in the great greatness of the oak. The great, you know, Jesus. is I love I, don't know, I love that. Love of a good visual picture.
0: Hey. Likewise. So then, uh, it moves on. You know, we have these these kind of like religiously wise people who are wrestling with the identity of Jesus, and then we kind of get these these randos. You know, this this random political ruler, and then uh, this. Unclean woman, yeah. You know, uh, a discharge of blood for twelve years. Um, you know, I don't know how much you know about Levitical law, but a discharge of blood is makes you unclean.
1: Yes, for a very, very, very long time.
0: And so, you know, this is a big deal. It's not. I mean, a discharge of blood for twelve years alone is miserable. But then add, you know, the the religious implications uh that that would and then the social implications that yeah, that would have had absolutely um on top of that to Matthew's audience mm-hmm. like this is a a really big deal but these two people uh the ruler and the woman uh you just see the this unwavering recognition of the power and authority of Jesus and yeah. well, the ruler goes his daughter has has died and but he goes and says Come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. You know, there's not like let's try, like maybe maybe this will work, maybe that will work, but Jesus, if you touch her, she will live. And then uh, this woman saying, if you, if I just touch the fringe of his garment, I will be healed. So, what do what do you think of, of this kind of episode where there's these two healings that are put right in there together?
1: Yeah, I mean, the woman's circumstances were not only physically devastating and had a great impact on her. I imagine her to be weak and anemic and frail and exhausted constantly, Mm. but it was also embarrassing and and socially ostracizing. And she wanted to be healed by Jesus in a secret way. She Mm -hmm. didn't want attention to be drawn to herself. She wanted to be able to receive the healing by faith, through Jesus but not draw attention to him and i wonder if sometimes that is due to her keen awareness of the um impact of being unclean and touching someone clean would have on him you know the the part of his garment that she wanted to touch the fringe it's these four corners of blue tassel that stuck out from the bottom of their outer garment it identified a, a man as a jew amongst the people mm. they, they weren't always and mm-hmm. so it's interesting that the thing she wanted to touch was the fringe on Mm. his garment, the very thing that identified him as a Jewish man. Um, But that, and she wanted to do it privately. And then, you know, if you read other, other testimonies of this healing in the other gospels, Jesus is aware of when this healing happens, he calls it out and instead of it being a very private thing, it becomes a very public thing. Um, and so, you know, her faith, (laughs) her faith was that Jesus unconsciously would power would flow through his garment to her. And while her faith may have been a little misformed and not accurate, her faith was in Jesus nonetheless, and that he had the power to heal her. Mm -hmm. And because of that, her 12 year suffering was immediately cured. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that Jesus insisted on making it public though. Yeah. I love that he insisted because you know what that did for her? it immediately restored her in more than one way. Yeah, It restored her publicly. It restored her emotionally. It restored her socially. It restored her spiritually. What was for 12 years told she was unclean, could not be around. I mean, people avoided her. I, I, I don't think we really, like you said, the Levitical law, like this was a huge deal.
0: Mm.
1: She was not welcome. Mm-hmm. People avoided her. And Jesus immediately in this moment is like, nope, you are welcome here not only that you are fully restored yeah it's beautiful
0: yeah amen i mean I, I do love uh luke tells the same story and you know luke is like the best storyteller of all the gospel writers maybe but uh you know that that's kind of where there's this like famous like all the crowds are pressing in around yeah. jesus yeah. And, and then he he stops and says, "Who touched me?"
1: Exactly,
0: and and the disciples are like, "What, what are you talking about? Like <laughs> everybody, 60 yeah, touching everybody you." It's you. like having
1: a bunch of kids in children's ministry, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, you feel one child out of like the eight who yeah. are all clamoring yeah. to be on your lap. <laughs>
0: exactly, but uh, I love you know, and, and it says that he perceived that power had gone out from him, mm-hmm. which is just very icy, cold blooded, cool Jesus yeah. moment. But uh, anyways, you know, I I do love like visualizing and imagining that moment where like you're the, you're the woman who's, you know, just covered up in shame and and you're, you're just trying to get this like low key healing. You know, you're not trying to take Jesus to like your part of town. You're not trying to like make a big thing out of it. It's just like, you you just know that if you just come in contact with the, with the fringe of his garment, then, uh, then all will be well. Yeah. And what I love is what you're saying is, is Jesus insists on this being a public- A moment. Moment. Yeah. Yes. He insists on it being a public moment. And just the moment where Jesus stops and says, who touched me? And you're the woman. And you're like, just about to get out of there. And you're <laughs> yeah, like,
1: you're slinking away. <laughs> no,
0: dang it. Yeah. And, uh, but what I love is Jesus turns shame into honor. Yes. And, you know, he takes this thing- uh, that, you know, she just kind of wants to slip away with, with just like the minimum amount of like, yeah. you know, attention and healing. And he, he, you know, makes it clear in front of God and everyone. Yeah. Your faith has made you well. Yeah. And I, I just love that. And and I love how that trickles down into our own lives where, you know, God doesn't often take the things that we're proud of mm-hmm. and like really good at and want him to use. Yeah. But he he yeah. often uses like the most unworthy parts of us yeah. and, and you know our, the most contaminated parts of our lives uh, to bring honor yeah. and to bring healing and restoration yeah. uh, because he turns shame into honor yeah. and I I love that and then you know uh, we have he finishes his course at the at the ruler's house and uh, you know there's this great ironic moment the funeral procession is lining up outside. Uh, The reporters are all there um, and he says, go away. This girl's not dead. She's just asleep. And everyone's like.
1: Ridiculing him. Yeah. Ridiculing him. She's dead. We know what a dead person looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jesus. Don't don't let let it get to your head. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, But then he just goes in and grabs her by the hand and says, wake up. Yeah. She gets up.
1: You know, it's interesting to note Jesus chose to make the healing of this woman public, but the rising of this daughter, the raising of this daughter, was private. Mm. And he, I think, it's important to take note when he chooses to make some of his miracles heal his healings. You know, a public event, and when he charges them to be silent or to be quiet or to not say it or does it in a home, yes. not for full display. And yeah. this was done in a home, not for full display. It was for the girl and her family. But it's funny though, you know, this whole notion of the mourners, like I think we don't, again, context, we don't realize that like this was a, a Hebrew law that not less than two flutes and one wailing woman must mm-hmm. be present in order to have a proper funeral procession. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a whole show, yeah. it's a whole show. Yeah, And Jesus is like, get out of here.
0: Yeah, Get out of here. Uh, the show, go away. <laughs> this show is
1: not what I want, Yeah, leave this place. Um, But that was like the bare minimum expectation for even the poorest who passed. Mm. Like they would have this whole loud and and honestly disingenuous because these were paid people. These were not the family that were sad Mm. because of the loss. They were paid to be there to make a ruckus about death. And Jesus is the Prince of life. And he doesn't need these celebrators of death to be in this place where he's about to bring life back into a home.
0: Amen. Amen. Great words. Um, and, man, so much to learn, so much to meditate on here in Matthew 9 today. So, for Tally Coughlin, this is Will Carla, and we'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you